This podcast is part of the Telerik Developer Network. Telerik by Progress. Hello and welcome to Eat Sleep Code, the official Telerik podcast. I'm your host, Ed Charbonneau, and with me today is Lars Clint. How you doing, Lars? I'm good. How are you, Ed? I'm doing great. Lars is uh, joining the show from Australia. How are things down there? Well, I am, yeah, and it's um, it's kind of getting into autumn now, or fall, as you guys call it. And um, I like to say it's getting cold, but I know in parts of the world that, you know, 15, 20 degrees is not cold. <laughs> and that's, I mean, Celsius, you know, so that's, uh, you know, 60 degrees Fahrenheit or so. But it's uh, it's starting to get a bit bit colder down here. And, and we hear lots of Australians complain about it for sure. <laughs> it's funny, a lot of people forget about the fact that some people are experiencing spring and some are in, in fall or autumn. And uh, I remember like one year, uh, Steam, um, the, the company that does like all the gaming stuff online, mm-hmm. they had this big spring sale. So they built the web page. So if you looked at it upside down, it was a fall sale. And if you were in Australia, the page would rotate the other direction. And if you looked at it upside down, that's it was really spring clever. sale. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, that's pretty good. And it's it's interesting. Like, so I'll just give you a bit of a tidbit of a, of a fact about Australia that most people don't actually realize is where I live, which is near Melbourne, in the southern part of Australia, we have ski fields. So I'm an hour and a half from a ski field. And most people just go, what? You get snow in Australia? What? <laughs> and we do. We have, it's not a long season. It's probably about eight weeks or something. But yeah, you can go, you can go skiing. There's a, quite a few ski fields around me. So um, there you go. That's today's you know, trivia for, for Australia. <laughs> so we know you're from Australia, Lars. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. What, what do you do uh, as a developer? So I'm, I'm a freelance developer, so I'm kind of doing my own thing, but it involves a whole bunch of stuff. And um, uh, just to rattle off a few things, I'm a fellow podcaster as well. So I, I run a podcast as well called The Day in the Pain, and we do tech stuff. It's uh, not as developer-centric as you guys, but it's still pretty cool tech stuff that we find around the internet. Um, I'm doing it with a guy I've never met that lives in Alaska, which makes it really interesting. And um, we, we met through Twitter, <laughs> so hooray social media. I... Um, I run a bed and breakfast where I live, and I also have a used car business, um, you know, parts and stuff for classic cars. But I also do software, obviously, and uh, and it's kind of like my thing is uh, is Hololens at the moment. So I travel around the world. I do a number of different Hololens talks. I do a workshop. I kind of try and get the device into as many hands as I possibly can because this is just utterly mind blowing when you actually get into it. Um, so that's kind of my thing in the moment is HoloLens, but I've traditionally I've come from the Windows Phone background and, and I've been doing the whole, you know, Windows Phone, Windows 10, UWP journey, um, along with a lot of other HoloLens developers, actually. So people out there probably maybe have heard of the HoloLens or something like um, uh, Gear VR or some of the other virtual reality things. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk a little bit about what is the HoloLens? You know, what, what exactly is this device and why is it different or how is it different from these other things that are out there? Sure. Um, so I'll, let me start with what that isn't. So there's, there's a whole range of products which is kind of in the virtual reality space. So we, 
Uh, we're talking the Oculus, which most people would have heard of, uh, which is owned by Facebook. Uh, you've got the Gear VR that you were talking about from Samsung. You've got the, um, the HTC Vive. All of these devices kind of gives you a new reality. So they give you a virtual reality, which is why they're called VR devices. Um, and what is significant with them is that the designer or the developer that is in charge of that experience replaces everything, which is why it's virtual. So you see nothing of the real world. You can't see where you're going. Um, you're often you're tethered to a, another computer that actually runs the simulation of the experience. And that's kind of its thing, right? It's, it's great for, well, it's been a lot of gaming. Um, yeah, games, I guess, is what people see the most. It does a lot more than gaming. I've seen a great demo or prototype of a forklift simulator. So people learning to drive a forklift with actually, you know, crashing into things. Or at least if they do, it doesn't matter. So that's the virtual reality. And then there's augmented reality, which a lot of people also know about. And augmented reality is you see your actual reality and you have often a mobile device like your iPhone or your, or your Android phone and you hold that up in front of a trigger point. So that trigger point could be a brochure, it could be a playing card, it could be whatever it might be that it, this device can recognize often with the camera. And then it augments the reality based on that trigger point. So say a deck of cards that has you know, a monster game, the monsters come out of the cards or you have a brochure for a speedboat and when you hold your device over that brochure, the speedboat kind of pops out of the brochure and sits there and bobs on, on virtual water. And it's really, really neat. It's a very powerful way of, of showcasing um, little experiences that are kind of contained. Uh, and often you, you are kind of limited to what you can see through the screen, which is your mobile device. But it's, it's taken off. Virtual uh, augmented reality is really kind of what is being invested in the most for a lot of marketing purposes because you can just use your mobile devices. You don't need a specific device for it. So that's VR and AR. And now get to HoloLens <laughs> is what's called mixed reality. And the reason it's mixed is that you have, just like augmented reality, you have uh, the real world that you can see and then you overlay digital assets on it. So digital 3D objects. But the really cool thing and why it's mixed is that these digital assets can interact with the physical world. So that's kind of um, the best example I have is that if you say you have a physical table and this table is in your room and you place a holographic ball on this table and you tip the physical table, the holographic ball will roll off. So there's a full integration between the, the physical and the digital realities. And that's kind of why it's so incredibly powerful and why I'm so in love with it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah it's a really interesting tech that we haven't seen anywhere else before. Uh, mm. It's completely unique as far as I'm concerned. I haven't seen anything that's able to do this. And from the understanding I have of it, it I, I believe it uses the Kinect um, hardware in some capacity to kind of scan yep. the room around you rather than scan you within the room like it does on the Xbox. That's uh, right. So it's able to map the surfaces around you in three dimensions and have that spatial recognition. Yeah, exactly. It's it, it's called spatial mapping. Um, and, and it is, as you say, it's a kind of a, an evolved version of the Kinect that you have on your head. So the HoloLens is not particular, particularly you know um, attractive device, but it is kind of like a half helmet that you wear on your head. Uh, it's quite light. It's actually, it's not annoying. It's, it sits reasonably uh, well on most people's heads. 
and then it scans the entire environment around you. So you have this full 3D mapping of the, uh, of the room that you're in. And you do have to go around and map the room initially so that it gets a, a 3D map of it. But then that means that you now have a full, uh, essentially virtual model of the room that you can then place these holograms on. Um, and it, it just, like I've seen really, really cool examples of what you can use it for. Uh, it, it's, it is quite mind blowing. It's kind of hard to explain without trying it on. And if you do get the chance to try it, by all means, go for it. It's just, it's really cool. Yeah, I think that you hit the nail on the head with uh, saying, you know, you really have to experience it to understand it. And mm. and I think any real good groundbreaking technology that that usually sums it up well, right? You you have to experience it to really get the idea of what it's capable of. Yeah. Um, you know, imagine trying to explain like a, a television to somebody who's never seen it before type of a thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And it's... Yeah. Um... And then, you were talking about when you you have to map the surfaces around you. I'm mm -hmm. that experience alone is actually pretty interesting. Um, I've had the ability to do that before. And when you walk around and you kind of air tap, and you can see the Hololens actually drawing the mesh in front of you. You can. And I, I thought that was pretty impressive. It is, and it's it's a really nice visual feedback as well that it's doing its thing. Um, Microsoft's done really well with. I mean, it, it is by all means a prototype device that they're selling, but it just feels so well made, um, both in terms of hardware. It is a bit fragile. Sure, you don't want to drop it, but it just, it feels sturdy enough that you can use it for hours. Um, but also the software in it, just the, the whole SDK that comes with it and allows you to use it as a developer is, it just feels very, feels very robust already. Um, I'm, I've been quite enamored with it. It's, it's really quite a, a well-written piece of software, which is, um, I mean, I shouldn't say I'm, I wouldn't expect that from Microsoft, but you know, the, any company has had you know problems in the past with this sort of prototype software, but it just it works really well. Yeah, and uh, before we move on to, um, I just want to mention the the audio. Uh, it does your audio really well without headphones, without like heavy headphones on your head. Yeah, so you'll I, I see like other VR headsets. You have to wear like cans on your head. Um, <laughs> what, what's the Micro or sorry, not the microphone. It does have one of those, but what's the uh, audio system like on this? Yeah, so just a really brief, um, you know, recap of the hardware. So it's it has a pretty rudimentary 32-bit processor, which most people are surprised about. Um, but it only has four gigs of RAM, so it wouldn't make sense having 64-bit necessarily. And um, it it has uh, what's called a holographic processing unit or HPU. That's kind of where the magic happens. Um, there's reports of it doing about a trillion calculations a seconds that are you know completely de dedicated to the hologram. So that's why it's it is so responsive and in, in, in real time accuracy. Um, but as you said, it has a microphone which is incredibly accurate. It's the best voice recognition system I've tried. Um, uh, apart, yeah, well, no, it is you know, bar none. It is the best I've tried. But it also has the audio, and it's it's using what's called head related transfer function. Or HRTF, and it's it's a way of simulating your actual ears. So the way that your ears work is it has this binaural um, directional sound input, and your brain knows that if a sound reaches one ear before the other, well, then the object that's emitting the sound is in that direction, right? So that's how you you get direction and distance for sound, and the Hololens does that to like 100% accuracy as well. So if you attach sound to a hologram in your experience 
HoloLens will will have that sound as if it was where it is. You know, it 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 feels like the the sound is at that hologram. It's very very accurate and very impressive. Yeah, I've I've had the chance to try this out at uh, Build. Um, so it was at Build last year, 2016. Yep. Um, we got to walk on Mars, and then there was a that was more of a VR type of a situation. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there was a like a room, like a home. Uh, setting where you sat down on a couch and walked around a room and decorated it with holograms and uh, the sound and, and just the ability to place things on surfaces was impressive yeah yeah you you're bringing up a really good point actually at there um you're saying there was more like a virtual reality experience and this it's one of the things that i've been really passionate about is if you have a hololens and you're building software or apps for it make sure it is a HoloLens app or a mixed reality app because it's so easy to get into the, um, the sort of catch of saying, oh, this is so awesome, we should build this and just go and build it. And what you end up with often is a virtual reality experience. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that in such that it can be impressive and engaging and immersive and all of the right things and it'll work beautifully. But why do that on a $3,000 device when it would work on a $400 device? Um, so when you have access to this mixed reality capability with spatial mapping, make sure you take advantage of it. Make sure that your holograms interact with the real world. You know, let them sit on the couch or jump up on the table or disappear behind your bookshelf, or whatever it might be. But take advantage of the fact that you can interact with your physical environment. Yeah, you were you were talking uh, about the SDK for this. So let's let's kind of jump back to that and. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what, what is the SDK like? What are some of the, you know, the input methods on the device and, and how do you access those through, uh, the, the APIs and whatnot? Mm -hmm. Um, the, the, it is actually just the windows 10 SDK that comes with windows 10 for developers. Um, you don't need specific, um, software to, uh, to build HoloLens apps. You need the HoloLens emulator, which is a, reasonably sized download that runs on Hyper VM, so you need Windows 10 Pro um, or Education or Enterprise, just not home. And, um, and, and that's kind of all you need. And then you need Visual Studio, of course, um, and then Unity, which we'll get back to in a minute. And um, the SDK allows you to do relatively complex things with little effort. So th there's been a lot of work done in kind of abstracting all the really icky stuff away from you. So something like recognizing gestures. So one of the main inputs to the HoloLens experiences is, is gestures. And there is essentially, there's two gestures. There's uh, what's called uh, a ready state, which is essentially you, you have your, uh, say so you, you form a fist in front of you and you have the palm or the back of your hand facing towards you. So the palm is away from you and you lift your index finger. And that's it, that's called a ready state. And then when you move your index finger down in like a tap motion, that's called the press state. So you have ready and pressed, and that's about it. And the combination of that in, in you can do a tap, you can do a hold, you can do a hold and then move your hand to manipulate it uh, into a navigation or a manipulation gesture, but that's it. And the framework captures that for you. So you just need to say, I wanna listen out for a tap gesture or a hold gesture and the SDK will, will trigger the right events for you so that you can react to that appropriately. Um, and I don't know, I've had questions saying, oh, but can I create my own, you know, say swipe event? And yeah, you can, you can do a swipe gesture, but it means that you have to capture the raw input 
uh, or output from from what the HoloLens is seeing, and then you have to you kind of build your own gesture recognizer on top of that, and it's it's just fraught with danger. Not only is it really really difficult <laughs> to do, um, <laughs> okay, you're laughing already because it, it is right. It's it's not a trivial thing to do, but say you you were able to do a swipe gesture that was relatively stable and and um, reliable, how do you educate your users? Your users are not going to expect that they can do a swipe. So there's this all these other design issues that comes with it that means that you know just stick to the gestures that come with it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, there there's kind of a similar feeling uh, when the when the web really started to pick up uh, with um, you know mainstream applications and stuff. Everybody wanted to like create their own user interface for the web. Uh, it's like buttons weren't good enough. Like we want to create all these weird methods of inputting things and. Methods of scrolling the web page. I remember, um, I think it may have actually been Microsoft that did this. Uh, they had a, a web page. Um, it may have been the Edge web page. It scrolled left to right instead of up and down. <laughs> and did like, it have the blink tag as well? <laughs> yeah, it's like, please don't do things. Like, just, you know, there's there's a set, you know, user interface for this. And in the case of the HoloLens, it's these tap gestures and air tap mm. and... Um, and there's a bloom gesture as well. Uh, that yep. kind of yeah, like bloom uh, what's that like? Kind of like the escape button, right? It's kind of or brings well, up your menu yeah, start button. That's right. It's it's like you you hold your your hand from the and then you sort of open your hand into an open palm from the bottom, and then that is a bloom, and that means you can always either you exit the app or you bring up the start menu if you already exit the app, and and you can't override it. It's like you, it'll always work. Um, so that's kind of like the old, the other gesture, but because you can't do much with it, <laughs> uh, I tend to not really. It's like you say an escape gesture, uh, essentially. So unless you're giving this thing to like a nine-year-old child that learns everything extremely quick, might want not want to do the custom gesture. No, no, <laughs> no, please don't. You'll just confuse everybody. So uh, what what else can we expect from the development perspective on here? Like, what are some of um, some of the tools that you use for like two D and three D design of an application? Yep. yep. Um, I just want to briefly just touch on the other two sort of main input methods. There's gaze, which is uh, analogy to a normal PC is your mouse cursor. So wherever your head is pointing, so it's not your eye tracking. There are rumors that there's been patented. You know, patterns been made on eye tracking for the HoloLens, but it's it's your head. So wherever your head is pointing, when you move your head, that's your cursor essentially. That's how you select things. That's how you gaze at things. So that's called gaze. And then you have voice. So everything in HoloLens uh, can be done with voice. Um, and it's again, it's really really simple to implement voice commands. Um, it, it's it's so rudimentary that that is not the problem with voice. Uh, or the difficulty, the difficulty is how to design your voice commands. How do you actually make sure that they make sense and they don't overlap and they don't become hard to remember and all that stuff. Uh, but the, the building of or the implementation of it is not hard. Um, so those are the three main input methods. Um, in terms of tooling, it's Visual Studio, um, just like we know and love, uh, that you use for C Sharp. It's all C Sharp. It's a UWP, so a Universal Windows Platform app or Windows 10 app is what you're building. And then obviously you have um, holographic, uh, Windows holographic 
sorry, now it's called Windows Mixed Reality. They keep changing the name. Windows Mixed Reality components that you add to make it a 3D app. Um, and you use that through Unity 3D. So Unity 3D is kind of like the de facto HoloLens 3D development tool. You're not bound to using it, but if you don't, again, you're just going to make your life difficult. Um, I couldn't see a scenario where you wouldn't use Unity um, to build, a, a, you know, especially your first app for HoloLens. And Unity has um, now become uh, kind of much more integrated with HoloLens development. Initially, it was kind of, the, the development path was really quite long. <laughs> so you would build your 3D scene in, in Unity, you would attach things to it, you would then, um, you would build it in, in Unity to make sure it worked, you would then export it to a Windows 10 uh, holographic app. You would import it into Visual Studio. You would build it. You would then deploy it to the emulator. You would fire up the emulator, and it was just and you would do that every time you had to make a change, right? It it was a really really long development cycle just to do little changes. So luckily now we have the holographic uh, simulator in Unity 3D, which means that you can um, you can use a Xbox 360 or Xbox One controller to simulate movement uh, in your HoloLens app. So you can run your app in Unity with a Xbox controller, which makes it really quick and very easy to do. And then eventually you will want to test it on the emulator through Visual Studio, and then eventually, of course, on a real device as well. So that's kind yes. of the development cycle. So this brings up a lot of questions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, first one, um, you talk about these emulators. So uh -huh. that means you could, you could feasibly build and test um, an application without actually owning the hardware, right? Absolutely, uh, and, and and in fact, I've uh, I've done a prototype course on Holland's development or the fundamentals of it, and I don't use a, a physical device in it at all. Uh, it's all based on the emulator and the free tooling that you can get. So yeah, you can absolutely do that. I wouldn't recommend publishing an app to the store before you tried it in, on a real device, but you can. Yeah, but if you're somebody that's interested in the device and you yep. want to kind of kick the tires and see what the development process is like and, mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you know you're not going to be able to get a hold of one of these things right away, uh, but you just want to play with it, right? Yep. Like, yep. like nerds and, and geeks love to do, like myself. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, <laughs> I can just download this thing. It's free and I can play with it and, yep. and see what the fuss is all about. So that's really cool. Um, and you said uh, Unity is uh, powering the 2D part of the application, right? Uh, the 3D as well. I mean, the Unity is a, is a 3D tool, but you can absolutely do 2D um, experiences as well with it. Although because it's UWP, if you're doing a 2D app, you might as well build it as a, a standard Windows 10 UWP app um, through Visual Studio with the standard tooling that comes in Visual Studio 2017. And you can then deploy it and you can target holographic um, as well as mobile or desktop or whatever it is your, your Windows 10 target is. Uh, the, the HoloLens runs Windows 10 like any other Windows 10 device. Yeah, so I'm I'm getting those seasonal allergies, and I think my my UWPs are coming across as Unities. <laughs> so, um, so bear with me, folks. Uh, so Unit, sorry, UWP. Um, if you're building UWP application for the Hololens, since mm -hmm. it's a standard UWP app, uh, one thing that's really cool is uh, Telerik, or, or sorry, Progress, uh, the makers of the Telerik UI controls have released a uh, have open sourced their 
UI for UWP mm -hmm. um, framework. So yep. that means you've got charts and graphs and all types of UI components um, that you can make really rich applications with, especially if you're not the uh, designer type. Um, you know, creating some of these charts and graphs and stuff can be real painstaking. Uh, so that's all open source and free. Yep. So yeah, you, you can absolutely. And um, I've seen people on HoloLens actually having their whole desktop kind of on their desktop. <laughs> so on their desk, their physical desk, they'll have all their desktop windows floating or sitting on the wall. And you could, that's a 2D apps, right? And you can actually do that with the, with the Telerik controls as well. Now, can you can you mix these uh, 2D and 3D items together? Can you have a UWP app that has some 3D aspects to it using Not really. Unity? Um, no. There's been a it's lot of questions. It's either kind of one or the other. Yeah. There's been a, a lot of questions around that because it would be cool if you could say you could have... Um, so Office, for example, is now completely holographic compliant or mixed... Sorry, I keep saying holographic. Mixed reality compliant. Um, it's called mixed reality now. And so you can run full Office suite uh, Office 2016 on your HoloLens. And people said, well, can I actually get, like in PowerPoint, it'd be cool if I can kind of get the the 3D effects coming out of the slides and all that stuff. But no, that's that's not part of it yet. It's You either build sort of a Unity 3D app or you build a, a 2D UWP uh, standard app. That's kind of uh, the choices right now. Yeah. I, I guess where, where I was going with that is, um, you know, you could have your 3D application, uh, say, you know, you're doing maintenance on a machine or something and then have a, an output where you've got charts and graphs in the UWP app to kind of show you, you know, the downtime or something that's sure. happened with yep. this machine over like a Like a heads-up display or something. Yeah. So that, that may not be something that you could do. Not, not really. Um, the whole mixing of it in the same app becomes tricky. Um, you can have your Unity project output XAML code um, and like a XAML project. Generally, mm -hmm. you would have it as a direct 3D project though, so it kind of, um, there's not much editing you can do in Visual Studio once it comes out of Unity, but you can certainly also do it as a, as a XAML app. Um, and that will give you, uh, it'll give you some control of what you can do, but it's not a lot yet. I think that'll change, though. I think that's a requirement that most people will will have, uh, this whole <laughs> mixture of uh, traditional desktop computing and the 3D elements of it. How about multitasking? Would you be able to have, say, uh, a 3D app running um, and then another app pinned to the wall somewhere in, in your room? Um, it depends on the type of app that you're creating. You, you can. Um, and most of the apps that people produce is a standalone experience. So a lot of the games that's come out, there's a really, really nice example of mixed reality called Robo Raid, where little robots come out of the walls in your room, that if you exit that app, it kind of disappears. Um, and then if you start it up again, it'll know where you were in the game. It'll start up again at the same point. But it doesn't interact with the other apps that you have. Um, whereas you have something like a video player or, or standard UWP apps, you can have them just like you have Windows on the desktop. You can place them around the room there. So there is some uh, capability of interaction, but it's still, it's one of those things that is not quite um, there yet. Uh, a bit like the collaboration um, story about, you know, multiple whole lenses seeing the same direction, seeing the same experience is also kind of in a, in a trial stage still. Okay. Uh, so are there any examples of, of things you've been able to build with the HoloLens you'd like to talk about? Yeah, I mean, 
Uh, to be honest, I've been mainly focusing on uh, on teaching and, and education with the device because I've been so excited about showing it to everybody. Um, but I've built, um, it, it's mainly been kind of like, oh, that's a nice feature. Let me try and build something that does that feature. Um, and it's there just aren't a lot of, um, of example apps out there. So I've been kind of spending my time building educational apps, if that makes sense. So you can build this app as well, and it'll show you this and this and this. So in terms of interaction and engagement, they might not have been as exciting as learning the ropes of how to build an app. Um, but I, uh, I've seen other MVPs in them. So we, you know, I'm a Microsoft uh, Windows Platform MVP, a Windows Platform Development, and that's where a lot of the HoloLens developers live. I believe there's soon coming and maybe a mixed reality MVP or something. And a lot of the um, Windows platform developers, uh, there's a couple of guys in, in Holland that are really prolific and building some really cool stuff. Um, Rene Schulter uh, is another guy who's very, very you know, on the forefront of building HoloLens app. And he's been doing some really cool stuff with flight simulators and all that sort of stuff. Um, but you know me, I'm, I don't have anything I'm that proud of that I want to show to people. But um, <laughs> if you want to check out my pearls, of course, there's one of them. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I'll help clarify that a little bit. So I mean, this device is so new, right? Mm. There's not like, ton I mean, there's, there's some examples from Microsoft out there, but there's no, you know, it's not like something like C sharp that's been around 10 years, you can go look yeah. at a million sample apps or, or open source projects to learn. So the folks that have these things right now, like yourself are, are kind of pioneering that space and putting some of those uh, GitHub repositories yeah. out and demo sample There's so apps much and trial stuff. and error in this that it's it's kind of oh does it do that yes or no oh if it does can it do this as well it's it's very much that sort of explorative journey still that we're on yeah that's it's not quite the space for um here's my billion dollar idea <laughs> <laughs> Not quite yet. Uh, I'm sure there's some some folks that are out there that are working on those type of things as part of a, a big company or something. But mm. for the most part, the community's you know kind of building uh, the 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 building blocks for the future of uh, developing these. Yeah, apps. like as as examples on um, on GitHub, there are libraries for using three um, JS so JavaScript frameworks to building HoloLens apps. Uh, there's a guy in Florida that's built a, a whole Connect library, so you can actually you know, attach a connect for extra spatial mapping of your room. Um, like there's, there's some really cool stuff that are coming out as part of your toolbox that'll make building even more awesome apps a lot easier. Um, but the, the majority of the very uh, shiny and very impressive apps that we are seeing are coming from Microsoft at the moment, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that because they're kind of driving the, the ideas. Um, but having said that, if you are interested in this, there are there's a, a Slack team called Hollow Developers, which anyone can join, and there's something like 700 Hololens developers on that now. That is very active. Um, I've been told that it's much better than any forum because there's so much back and forwards about ideas and showing off what you've done and getting feedback and all that. So there is a very vibrant community, but it's still very small. Yeah, and I, I think we we haven't really quite touched on this subject enough uh this device isn't like technically like a gaming device right there's lots of business type application uh for this device oh there is yeah it's uh i'm i'm writing my next pros like cause at the moment which is uh more of a sort of giving you ideas of what but what you can use not just for the whole but a, a 
digital realities in general. And for me, something like education or healthcare um, or, or um, in, you know, infrastructure engineering, those are the areas that I think HoloLens is very, very good at. Just as an example, imagine you have an architect that's uh, designing a building. You have the engineer on site that's in charge of building that building and he comes across a problem. If they both have a HoloLens on, they can in live, in, in real time, live see what the other's seeing and they can point out fixes and immediate issues so that there's no, there's no email trail, there's no pictures being taken. It's just an immediate sequence of saying, hey, what if we move that over here? Um, you know, would that fix the problem? And that kind of collaboration to me is where this device shines. Like the whole immediate, um, you know, overlay on your physical reality that you can share is really, really powerful. Yeah, and I, I think uh, travel would be a really interesting application for this as well. Um, I could imagine visiting like historical sites and seeing things uh, like buildings that don't exist in that space anymore, like yep. being overlaid so you can see sure. what the historical features were of the landscape and stuff like that. I think it'd be Absolutely. really cool. Yeah, so yeah, there's, there, there's, there's a lot of non-gaming uh, type of applications out there. To me, it's not a gaming device. It does gaming really well. And, and two of the best mixed reality applications of, to me uh, is a game called Fragments that uses the space you're in to create a, a memory puzzle game that you have to solve. Um, so you use your existing walls and ceilings and doors and everything. And the other one is, is Roborate that I mentioned before. And those two are games, but they're also by far the best uh, examples of mixed reality. I think, uh, you know, just like in, in real life, we learn by playing games. <laughs> so oh, yeah. it's in, all good uh, the game, digital really. world, it's like <laughs> everybody wants to make video games. And that's where we tend to usually head first. But um, the, the business side of this thing is, is simply amazing. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, cool apps to look forward to in the future. Oh, um, I have no doubt. So uh, you said you're you're working on some Pluralsight courses. Uh, do you have some up already? And, uh, I do. And what are they? Yeah, um, I've actually got a, a fair few. I've been, um, I've, well, the main thing in, in terms of HoloLens is uh, HoloLens Development Fundamentals. That was released a couple of months ago, so in late January, or oh, three months ago now, I guess. And... Um, and that's probably, that's still, I'm getting so much good feedback still on that as being very easy to understand and very easy to get started with HoloLens. Um, and it's, it's just a really good sort of basic foundation course. Um, but I've got, um, oh, I don't know, 10 or 12 other courses as well. And some of them are the, what's called play-by-plays, which are more conversational uh, on other topics as well. So it is kind of, it's a, it's a good platform um, for me anyway. And uh, you said you were giving workshops and, and talking at conferences and things. Uh, do you have any events coming up that you want to share? Sure. Um, so um, I'm re recording this in late April. And uh, at the start of June, I'm going to DEFSUM, which is in Stockholm in Sweden. And I'm doing a HoloLens workshop there with Jimmy Enstrung, who's another really, really good HoloLens developer. And, uh, and from there, I'm going to, uh, I'm doing a HoloLens talk there as well. And the week after, I'm at NDC in Oslo. And I'm uh, doing another HoloLens talk there as well. And I'm, uh, I'm actually doing a, a 
a private talk as well. <laughs> so that's another thing that, you know, if people are interested, I'm happy to come out and, and do talks as well to companies or developers or whatever it might be. Um, and then in Denmark, I'm doing uh, three public workshops. Uh, two are two-day workshops. I'm doing another one-day workshop. And then again in August, I'll be here back in Sydney, uh, in Australia, doing NDC Sydney. Um, and there's another couple of, uh, of events coming up uh, in what will be the fall in America, I guess, in October, November, that aren't quite published yet. Um, so, um, But yeah, there's lots coming up in terms of HoloLens. Awesome. And uh, where can we find your podcast at? Uh, so the podcast is daneandthepain.com. Um, you can also find it on iTunes or whatever podcast app that you prefer. Uh, just look for The Dean and the Pain. Um, or you can find it via my website on lastclinton.com. Well, Lars, I appreciate you being on the show. And we'll include all this good stuff in the show notes, uh, including some uh, ways to get a hold of you. Uh, for any of the uh, HoloLens workshops that you're giving or any of that type of stuff. Uh, and um, I'm sure we can follow you on Twitter as well. Uh, yep. where, where can we at find Lars you at? Clint. <laughs> it's, uh, it's all just my name. It's pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, I, I try to keep things the same way myself. Yep. So I appreciate your time, man. Um, it's fun talking about the HoloLens. Um, it is. I'm getting I've... one myself soon. Yeah, and, for uh, sure. Tinkering with it. And I'll have to check out some of your uh, stuff when I get it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on the show, man. Yeah, it was excellent. Thank you.